Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. My name is Jane Atkinson, and for those of you new to our show, I'm the founder of the Wealthy Speaker University. We put on courses and programs for speakers at every level of their career, and if you'd like to know what's coming up at any given time, uh, we have an events page over at Speaker launcher.com. You can check that out. We've got an event coming up the end of February 2018. I don't know if you will be too late to uh, catch that or not, but it's called Acceleration 365 and a terrific live event that we're having in Florida. I think it's going to be perfect for speakers at all levels. We'd love to see you there if it's not too late. Now today we are talking about how essential it is to be a solid copywriter on your website. You know, I've tried for years to do my own copy and I think I might be stuck in kind of some old patterns, some old lingo. You know, you kind of say the same things over and over again. And so recently I was introduced to someone named Tarzan. Now, of course, me being named Jane, I'm thinking, okay, this is destiny. It seems like a no-brainer that I need to get to know this person named Tarzan. So I have Tarzan K on the line with us today. Welcome, Tarzan. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Now, before I go into your formal introduction, no doubt our listeners might be wondering, how did you come to this name? And I think I've read a little bit about it, but I wouldn't mind hearing that myself. Yeah, sure. I'm glad you asked. I love talking about my name. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> um, I had I was in my I was in my mid mid twenties and I was about to publish a book and I just had this really strong feeling that I was done with my old name. I felt like I'd outgrown it. It didn't feel like a power name, and I just wanted something new. So this name Tarzan came to me, and I didn't understand it at the time. And I was like, "Yep, okay, but that's my name." So I had it legally changed and everything. It's legit on my birth certificate, which is crazy that you can pay to have your birth certificate changed. Wow. It's like rewriting history. Yeah. In wow. Canada anyway. Yeah. It costs like $135, which is even more hilarious. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, and I immediately would get asked all the time, like, oh, Tarzan. Initially, like when I first changed my name, people didn't, they wouldn't, they didn't really buy it. It was like, right. I couldn't just say like, hey, I'm Tarzan and continue speaking. It would be like, whoa, hang on a sec. Like, oh, wait, to- what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I learned over the years, like it was a name that is like, it's really strong and I had to step into it and learn how to own it. So, like mm. my old name, uh, my old name was Amy. I don't mind sharing. And, um, I, I kind of just felt like it, it's really soft. Like anyone can be an Amy. Um, but to be a Tarzan, I mean, it takes more effort to stand out as an Amy. So props to all the Amy's of the world. Like Amy you know, Porterfield. Who yeah. You, right. Who yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Amy rocks. And she's like, she's, she stands in that. She owns that name and she wears yes. it really well, but it didn't feel like me. And Tarzan on the other hand, like I had to learn how to show up in a room and be Tarzan wow. and not have to explain myself all the time. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's, it changed my life. It, cha- it changes your life when you change your name. Wow. So really, I think you were just deciding to play bigger, don't you think? Oh, totally. That's exactly right. Exactly right. 
Well, okay. Let me give everybody your quick little intro here. Um, and we'll, and we'll start about copywriting. Tarzan Kay is a launch strategist and copyright copywriter who works with A-list course creators like Amy Porterfield, Talia Wolf, and Ingrid Arna. When she's not writing launch copy for clients, she's teaching service-based business owners how to deliver bigger, score better clients, and confidently charge higher fees. Her favorite subject is money. And I love that you said that that's your favorite subject. You've even done, let's, let's put in a plug for the uh, course that I took about money when you live in Canada. Yeah. And you earn U.S. dollars, that's a bit of a thing. And I'm still sorting through the thing. But talk to <laughs> tell people if they want to go and find out more about this course, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, where do they go for that? I'm, I'm so glad. It means the world to me that you enjoyed it, Jane, because I'm, <laughs> I'm absurdly passionate about this topic. Um, so if you visit my website, tarzank.com, you'll see a link in the navigation menu. Um, it's a two hour workshop. It's wonderful. Like people, Canadians that charge in us dollars, most of the time I've found they just default to using PayPal mm. and PayPal fees, like not only to accept payments, whether in any currency, like very high, higher mm. than a credit card. Uh, but then if you want to convert currency through PayPal, oh. which it's very limited in how it can transfer us dollars out. Um, but if you want to convert currency, like, you just, you, you get, you really, they don't, they don't treat, they're not your pal. They're not no. your pal. At all. Um, <laughs> so not. I, I spent, you know, a couple, last couple of years refining my systems and discovering yeah. all these interesting accounts and online services. And, um, I'm, I'm still refining my you walk system. You walk us all through it, and I'm so – I've learned about uh, TransferWise, which is a really cool kind of virtual bank, and I've done a few trades with them, which, by the way, I've already made back my course uh, with, with one oh. trade. I made back my course that I bought. Anyway, perfect. we'll that's move perfect. on to copywriting because that's what folks came for, um, but you are just a treasure trove of cool information, and I'm so excited <laughs> that I know you. We're going to – someday we're going to do the Tarzan and Jane show. Perfect. Um, okay. Love it. So here is the biggest question. Uh, people, we're going to talk about websites today. I know that you mostly do launches and there's, uh, I think maybe we'll talk a little bit about a launch because there might be a few people at the end um, who are interested in that, but we're mostly going to talk about websites. How can people make their copy more compelling and get people to stay on their site longer? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, but before I even get there, I just want to rewind a second. Like you had, I, you know, you had said that you've written a lot of your own copy and, mm. you know, we worked together recently. Um, <laughs> I think people, you know, writing copy is not for people who don't do it all the time. Like it's hard, really uh, especially hard. when you're writing. Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, so there's a, there's a temptation to outsource right away. Um, you know, like people that are, uh, I get calls sometimes from someone who's writing their first website or you right. know, they're just starting to do some email marketing and they want me to do it for them. And my answer is always like, no, you're not ready for this mm. because you can't, I can't figure out what your voice is for you. You have to figure that out on your own. And the only way to do it is to actually do it. So yeah, it's painful mm. uh, and it probably takes you 10 times longer than it takes me. Uh, but you can't miss that step. 
So I actually think my problem isn't that it's that I don't think it through enough. And you asked me so many great questions. So, um, just as a backtrack, I hired Tarzan to do a sales page for, uh, the inner circle mastermind that we're promoting right now. And, uh, she asked me how long were we on the phone? 45 minutes going through question after question Mm -hmm. after question. And you really delved deep. And I knew as soon as you asked the questions, Oh, this is going to be good. And I was thrilled with the evolution of that page. Some of it's my language, some of it's your language, some of it is my language that you made great. (laughs) So I was very much thrilled with that. So, okay. So if you're brand new, you've got to give it a shot yourself to try to figure out your voice. That's your point? Yeah, absolutely. Do do some of the legwork. I mean, to work with like a a good copywriter for sure. Like, I mean, the worst thing you can do is you're just starting out and you hire like a newbie copywriter that doesn't know what they're doing and it's going to end up worse than what you could have done for yourself. But it does, you know, in some cases when you're starting out, you raised a really good point. Like a really good copywriter is going to ask compelling questions that you didn't think about addressing. Like one question, for example, that I always ask every new client is like, what does your avatar, ideal customer, whatever you want to call them, um, what do they need forgiveness for before they can get started working with you? That's a really big question because we bring all of these emotions to our website, like to, to, any, to a sale, right? Like, oh my gosh, like I, I tried this and it didn't work. And like I paid this coach and that didn't work. And like now I'm beating myself up because I made the wrong choices. And I also feel like, someone already told me to do what you're telling me to do and it didn't work. And they need, like, we all need to forgive ourselves and for the, the, like kind of to place the blame outside of ourselves before we can really move forward and try something new. So interesting that you say that. Okay. So I am thinking about, I've got the a tool, a dual dialogue going on inside my head right now, but I want to focus on the people who are, are on our listeners. So let's say that they have um, and, and I want to address this from an industry standpoint because mm-hmm. uh, when we're coming at this copy, that, that forgiveness question, mm-hmm. if I was going to use that on my website as a professional speaker, mm-hmm. I wouldn't use it until the keynotes and workshops page. What we try to do in my industry is we try to position as an expert and not be too speaker-esque. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Okay. Actually, yeah. That's one of those common mistakes I see on websites. It's like the right away on the homepage, it's like, do you sometimes feel like this, blah, 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 like question mark, like yeah. identifying their pain points right away. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we just yeah. met. Let's have back you, up a second. Have you ever hired a boring speaker, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. You know, like, so exactly. that's where you asked that forgiveness question. I started to go there in my mind. So I just want to make sure we don't um, send people down the wrong path to us. If yeah. you were going to use that, you would use it on your keynotes and workshops page. And I don't know that I love the, here are the top 10 reasons to hire me as a speaker. Mm, I don't love yeah. that. I just like to sh- show me the money, show me the outline of the presentation. But if you wanted to put like a little caveat or a little letter from you that said, you know, maybe you've hired some speakers in the past that didn't do this and this and this and this. I want to reassure you some way. Do you think that that would work? Well, the main thing is like, don't tell me that all these people did it wrong and I'm doing it right. Like, show me, like, show me that you're going to be different. 
So yes, ah. maybe they hired some boring speakers in the past. Like, okay, that's an issue for them that they're dealing with. I tried this person, they're boring. So the main thing that I'm going to try and show on my about page or my whatever page is that I'm not boring. And I'm okay. going to do that by like, you know, loading it with personality and saying things that other okay. people don't say and putting images that don't look like all the same boring stock speaking images. Okay. You're, you're helping me figure that out. And speaking of images, if you want to speak on the big stage, the perfect image is you on a big stage with the from your back and the audience facing you. Um, uh, we actually, Tarzan and I had a conversation about this for one of my sales pages where we had the audience, we were taking the shot from the back of the room and you suggested turning it around to the front of the room, which I thought was fantastic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You want to, as much as possible, like you want to put the, the viewer, the person who's looking at the site in the power position. So that's really what that's about. Like on that site where you're looking to attract speakers that want to speak in front of a, a great audience. Like they want to, they want to captivate people. They want to speak to a big room. So rather than showing the picture of the big room and some other guy at the front, like mm -hmm. yeah, we're, yeah, showing, yeah. we're putting them in the shoes of that person who's actually doing it. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you are a leadership speaker and your brand of leadership is, I don't know, um, let's think, you know, you're building a certain type of culture. What would the first thing I want to think about be when I go to start to write my homepage copy? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what I see most people do when they're doing like a DIY website. And even sometimes when they're working with a designer is that they are going to start with a stock template. Mm -hmm. And, you know, templates can be great if you're building your own website and you're like, I, I, I'm not a super fan of DIY. I think it's worth it to invest in someone good that can help you. But let's say you are. Mm -hmm. um, and you take this template and then you just start filling in like, okay, I need a section here. Right. Okay, here's a little icon. So I'll put something that seems to match that icon right here. And there's really like, there's no thought put into like, well, what is the purpose of my homepage? Like what is the next action that I want them to take after they see this webpage? Mm -hmm. In most cases, it's going to be to get them to click on um, your about page and learn like the about page is the second most clicked page. So that's kind of where most homepages end up leading them. Mm -hmm. But if you want to lead them somewhere else, like how are you actually doing that? What's the strategy? Like forget the copy because you're not even there yet. Okay. Um, you got to think about who's coming to your site and what do you actually want them to do? So on my website, for example, there's two very distinct audiences. Like there are people who are my future clients and they're looking for someone to help them with their copy. Mm -hmm. And then there's this totally different audience that is their copywriters, their service-based businesses, designers, coaches, consultants. And those people just want to know, like they're, they're doing stuff DIY and they want to know how to close bigger projects and like show up on a sales call, like the, all the money stuff, like that's all over there on the other side. Okay. Those are really distinct, distinct categories. So, right. um, what I, um, the whole goal of my homepage is to get people to go to choose, like to identify I'm either this or I'm this. And then I put, I send them in a different direction based on what they told me they were. Um, this is, by the way, this is a new site I'm working on right now. So listeners okay. can't 
they go and see an example of this. But um, they might be able to uh, tarzank.com. They might be able to by the time this is released. We, we never know. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. If they're listening to it six months from now, <laughs> it's going to be a slow process. Yeah. Is it? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm having a baby, so I'm taking okay. some time off. It's oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. But um, that's just one example of like. You, you need to think about what you want. Like, who's coming to my website? Is it all, all the right. same person? Great. But what do you actually want them to do? Oh, that's actually a question that we probably need to help with people. Okay, because they say people will say to me, do I want to talk directly to the person who's going to sign the check? Or do I want to talk to the person who's going to be sitting in the front row in the audience? And my answer to that would be the check signer. What do you think? Yeah. Again, I think it, it depends on what you want to do with your business. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no reason that it can't be both. And you could actually go back to the model that I just described of like, right. buckets. Um, yes. buckets. Yeah. Like if you, if you really feel that both of those people are consistently visiting your website mm -hmm. then you need to think about them in terms of buckets um, and like if you're going to have a main opt-in on your homepage, which I, I really think you should, mm -hmm. um, that has to appeal to both categories of people. Yeah. It might be that you say the main opt-in is going to be, yeah. And, and if you can get them to self-select once they do the mm -hmm. opt-in, which is something that we've started to do mm -hmm. uh, to put people into one of three buckets, then it's very, mm -hmm. very helpful. And then you know which way to shoot them next. Uh, yeah, that's true. I think sometimes though, like a, a strategy like that is like, you need to know your, you need to get to know your audience first. Mm -hmm. So there's a danger of like trying to implement too much yes. tagging and segmentation too early. If you're just, it's really just a question of like, do I, am I trying to attract the booker or am I trying to attract the audience member? Um, then just think about how you can send the audience member one way or send the booker the other way. But the other thing is like, well, why do you need to, why do you need to attract the audience member? Do you have some end goal? Are they your private yeah. clients? That's a good question. And, and if people have products or online courses or things like that, that they want most, let me, let's try to, I'll try to help you understand uh, the majority. I think the majority of the people listening to this podcast probably aren't doing a DIY website. They're mm -hmm. okay. hiring somebody mm -hmm. and they probably are going to be speaking directly to the decision maker who signs the paycheck. That's how I think we'll just proceed with this call. And then if you're, you'll kind of get some of the things that we were just talking about if that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Like, okay. I'm glad you clarified that. And one thing that we talked about on our call though, is like the, the, um, you mentioned, I think you mentioned some of the speakers that you work with, like they talk a lot about their skills as a speaker and what they speak about rather than the actual subject that they're speaking on. Right. So, uh, when you show up as a quote speaker first versus an expert first, you might, your website might mm -hmm. say, hire me, I'm a speaker. And we want to say no to that for sure. And we want to talk about the pain of the, the decision maker and the, their company or whatever it might be. We want to come mm -hmm. at it from that angle. So let's say, we're doing the homepage and we know that the goal is to drive them perhaps over to the next page, which might be the keynotes page or the about us page. I'm not really sure which one, mm -hmm. 
And then our goal ultimately is to have them call us or email us to check a date. That's our goal. Right. Great. Yeah. So those, like those two, like the fact that there's even an option in the navigation menu of keynotes, like it's, that's doing a job for you. Like that's already telling them that you're a speaker and this is your gig. This is your thing, right? You don't need to start talking about yourself as a speaker. You can use images to also represent the types of places you've spoken. Right. But in general, I agree. Like you're positioning yourself as an expert on a certain subject, yeah. not as a speaker. Like I don't, I don't want to go listen to a speaker. I want to listen to an expert. So let's talk about what you think. Uh, let's talk about mistakes. So non-compelling copy, compelling copy. Give me some, yeah. ex- what, what does that look like? Okay. So again, if you're writing your own copy, you're probably looking at a bunch of other speakers' websites and <laughs> doing something that, something that they're doing. And it comes off really same, same, and just ultra boring. And I think people, like, we, we tend to over-censor ourselves a lot. And that is where the, that is a lot, the value of bringing in a copywriter. But um, it's a reflex that's very strong. And you have to learn to actively fight it. But you do have to write like a real person and not like an 11th grade English paper and not like everyone else is doing on their same samey speaker websites. Like write like you talk, which sounds really obvious, but is not actually that intuitive and it takes practice. Some people, I, I heard someone, a copywriter, talk about their dear mom technique. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, like, yeah. you can insert someone else's name or whatever, but just like think about yourself explaining it to a friend, like don't use jargon, don't use cliches. Like you just, just write, write like you write, you know, you don't have to try and be a copywriter or be like an official website sounding person. Um, <laughs> okay. So could, should you open with a question? Uh, I find opening with a question, it's kind of a go-to like, well, this sounds like copy. Okay. Um, so I try and avoid opening with a question. More, more of a statement then? Yeah, a statement or even an outcome kind of. If you can think about it like an outcome, like what's the outcome that um, your uh, audience member is looking for? And like uh, there is the headline of your website. Okay, so let's say that we want to create a culture of, um, you know, kindness or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but... How, what would a, what would a headline look like? Or, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, it sounds too much, too big by calling it a headline. What would the first thing you would want to say about that be? Well, I guess I would be interested in like, why are we creating, what is this, what is a culture of kindness? Mm -hmm. Um, What's the opposite of like, and what's the end, what's the end game maybe? What's the end game? Yeah. But also what's behind that? Like, why am I, why do I want to create a culture of kindness? What culture am I actually living in right now? Okay. You know, so you could even something like, you know, from the culture of X, Y, Z to that. Okay. Yeah. Or like creating a culture of, or something like create a culture of kindness in the workplace, if that's what it's about. Okay. Um, The more specific you can get, the better. Like a culture is, is a very big, it's a very high level topic. Um, so if you can land the plane a little bit, when, yeah. um, someone that I follow and who I think is really brilliant is Jeff Walker. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about landing the plane, which is like in the consulting and coaching world, 
we, we talk about all these high level concepts, which is like, for example, creating a culture of kindness or like live the life, uh, you know, live your best life or whatever. Um, it's very high level and you need to land the plane for people because otherwise they don't know what you're actually doing. Right. And so maybe a great question to ask yourself is what does that really mean? Yeah. <laughs> what does, okay. what yeah, does that what? really mean? Okay. And, if, yeah. and, and we do the question, you know, okay, if I have that, what does that give me? And if I have that, what does that give me? Yeah. Okay. That's good though. That's helpful in terms of getting started. Okay. So just kind of break it down for us. If you were to, have um a statement and then what what would go next on a home page copy well the very uh, so okay maybe your maybe your statement yeah that says what you do and in some cases like if you're a personal brand you know i'm rethinking everything as i'm rewriting my website and mm. i may very well just like have my logo and say who i am at the top because that's the like that's the main thing that my home page is it's just like here's where my I live on the internet um, and then an opt-in opportunity for sure. Um, again, that applies like that's more universal. If you have a couple different segments of your audience, um, if you are like getting back to the expert mode versus speaker mode, like it should be the expert mode. Like even if that, that person who's booking, they need to know what, what you're actually going to teach. So mm -hmm. make it about whatever you're actually going to teach. So opt-in opportunity, and then the next thing I would do, like a lot of homepages have way too much copy, in my right. opinion. The right. whole, like the whole, <laughs> there's a, like I very rarely do websites because they're, ah, they make me crazy <laughs> because the homepage is like, it's hard to write. It's typically like, it has to do way too many jobs. One really important rule of copywriting is like one email, one job, one landing page, one job. Like if, if you give your um reader viewer too many opportunities yep. to click two different it's like the paradox of choice right mm -hmm. too many things like i just i'm not going to click anything so something to be wary of on your home page like the main thing you want them to do just get them to do it so let's say you've said who you are you have an opt-in and then immediately next is like what do you want them to click on next okay so maybe that's the services page or the keynotes page maybe that's the about page after that, maybe like as seen on with a few logos. Yeah. And that's it. Like not too long. Maybe, you know, if you have, a, a, if you publish regularly, like your, maybe your blog, you know, you have a few featured blogs on a your home feed of your post or something like that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. would you veer to, okay. You know, we always think we need to be so clever. Don't you sometimes just need to say what it is? Yeah. Clarity over cleverness for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. One of the things, another thing that, um, you know, age old saying among copywriters and writers in general is like, you have to be afraid to kill your, you have to be fearless about killing your darlings. Right. And it's like we write these clever little things and you get so attached to like this cute phrase, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything like clarity over cleverness all the time. <laughs> Kill your darlings. I have heard that on that on several occasions. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And and it's true, you know, we can't be so attached and and also if things aren't working, we try new things. That's the beauty mm -hmm. of a website. You swap out a line for 
another line mm-hmm. and see if people lean in towards that. Okay, so yeah, you're absolutely. saying less is more, right? We don't want a lot of clutter on the homepage. When yeah. I come over to your keynotes or your keynotes and workshops page, I'm going to get all of the information about the presentations and what the outcomes are. So that's where to give it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and you have to think you have to be always thinking about the scroll path. Like nobody sits down and reads a whole website. It's not right. a book. They're going to scroll. So you need to give the eye something to grab onto. And if you, if you write that whole page, which is just a big block of text, there's nothing for their eye to grab onto. They're going to click away. That's like a recipe to bounce. Hmm. So um, on that keynotes page, let's say like, think about what is it like do you have a few keynotes on a few different subjects and if so like can you give each one of those like an icon or a a Mm -hmm. cross headline or something like that so that I can quickly digest a lot of information yeah and my goal for people is that there's not very many so Mm -hmm. if it's the keynotes page and you're just talking about your keynotes I know uh, one of the examples that I always use is Kendra Hall, K-I-N-D-R-A-H-A-L-L. You know, go over there and see what a good keynotes page look like. She only has one speech and it's defined beautifully. And she talks about how she customizes it for four different segments, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is really beautiful. And mm-hmm. uh, her, her writing is always very good. So... Um, have we covered all the mistakes that you see with DIY copy? Uh, a couple things. I think I mentioned these already, but when you're after you've done your writing, um, reread it and look for cliches like you know, okay. a sick as a dog, things like that, uh, and remove all those. Like those cliches are people glaze over and they don't read them. And if you can um, rewrite something like sick as a dog into something even slightly more creative, uh, you catch people because they're expecting to read sick as a dog. So look at, watch for cliches, um, know about your go-to, like the go-to phrases that you overuse. Like for me, one of my big things is I often write, but here's the thing. <laughs> like we, uh, every copywriter can tell you, like can list off like 10 of these things that they do all the time. Okay. So once you get to know your writing, you'll see like, oh, I say that, that silly phrase all the time. <laughs> Mine is, Bottom line is this. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that all the time. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be able to ruthlessly self edit. And another thing that I recommend removing, which really weakens your writing, is starting sentences with I think, I believe that. Um, just chop all that out. Like, okay. You know, I, I go straight to it. Like it, just go straight to it. Yeah. We, and also, um, that's a good clarification. When you are writing your own website, we typically will write it in third person anyway. So there's probably no room for eyes anyway. Right. Well, you know, I'm about back and forth about thir- first person, third person. I like first person. I'm a personal brand. Okay. So what about this? And I, yeah. I agree with it totally for you. Um, mm-hmm. I like to have a little letter from first person and yeah, then the rest sure. be in third person because yeah. I find talking about yourself can be very difficult. Yeah, that is, it is very difficult. It's like a really about. tricky copywriting line that I don't know. So I'll do like a letter from Jane. Do, do, do. This is how, yeah. I, this is me talking directly to you. And mm-hmm. then it's, 
you know, Jane Atkinson has been blah, blah, blah for 30 years. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can talk about my credibility without me trying to figure out how to say that without sounding like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think you make a good point. Um, I also think, though, if when you're writing in the first person, at least for a first draft, it allows you to see where you're talking way too much about yourself. Like if you can write it in the third person and almost not even have to answer the question, am I writing in the third person or first person? Mm-hmm. Now you've got gold. Okay, cool. All right. So, you know, we talk about, and, and, you know, if the only thing that everybody does after listening to this is they'll just go and kind of look over their copy again and say, do I have too much or what have you, maybe scales it back a little bit. That's great because we just really want to spur thought here, get people Mm -hmm. thinking about it a little bit differently. So we hear that you're supposed to write with this personality, and Mm -hmm. I think it is important for the personality, especially in our industry of speakers, Mm -hmm. to come to shine through. How do people do that? Well, you know, I feel like we've already kind of answered that question. You need to actually write because you don't know what the personality of your voice is until you are actually writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And also uh, if you think about doing like, think about your writing always as the ugly first draft, just like I'm going to write with my own flavor, however it comes out. And I'm just going to remove the self judgment for like 30 minutes. And then I can go over it with a fine tooth comb. It's kind of like um, someone who I follow and really love is James Altucher. And he talks about how like you should write down like 10 ideas a day. And he's like, if you can't think of 10 good ideas, um, just write down 20 bad ideas. Hmm. And in those, like amongst those 20 bad ideas, like there's going to be some gold. There's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. There may be 10 good ones or maybe a few good ones. It doesn't matter. The point is, is like you flex the muscle and you found some ideas, good or bad. And I think the same thing can be applied here. It's like, forget about, like, don't, even, don't think about someone's going to read this, like, oh my gosh, like my daughter could read this and then she'll know like this thing about me that I just revealed. Huh. Um, just like, let, let put that all to the side and just write it as though you're never going to publish it. And then you can go back to it and actually think about um, how much of yourself you want to put out there. But um, writing with personality takes practice. So that's important to know. Um, takes reserving self-judgment and also like it takes vulnerability like people don't respond to um like overly polished things like a perfect speaker website it's boring like where are you how can you be real and raw like, yeah how can you- and maybe even a little bit flawed <laughs> yes yes can, you're flawed, you're flawed. yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm reading a lot of that lately and I'm hearing some people talk about it on other podcasts. Um, it, it's so important to, to, like your flaws are what make you interesting. Mm. So if we wanted to send people, not necessarily to speaker websites, but to some, you've mentioned a few people who you follow, mm-hmm. um, we could either send them to podcasts or we could say, hey, take a look at this website. Do you have any websites that you think, wow, this copy is nicely done or even clients that you've worked on there you know, particular thing. I know that you're often doing launches and course courses for people, Yeah, but yeah, that, my, that can yeah. still spur ideas. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. But you know what? My stuff's the scenes, like unless you're in a campaign, you probably right. won't see it. Right. But I can't answer this question. A copywriter that I have learned a lot from and um, imp- like she really uses a lot of the concepts we've talked about today is like that uh, because she has a really strong personality but um her layout is really beautiful the way she lays out her home page and her services page um it's really it's well thought through it's clever and also clear i think it's a great like i often go there when i'm looking for inspiration what I'm writing for a client or for myself or whatever so her website is great um, other websites that I, you know, to be, to be honest, it's quite rare that I see a website and I say, Oh, this is great because not because websites are generally bad, mm-hmm. but actually I don't usually just go to people's websites. I'm usually in some sort of sales funnel. Like mm-hmm. I saw right. a Facebook ad and I clicked on it. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. So, um, all right. So when it comes to copywriting, what's what's one or two more things that we can leave people with that might allow them to just think about it a little bit differently? What are some of the things that you do that really, you know, or maybe sit down and think about this first? Well, okay. A couple of things came to mind. I'm not sure if this answers your question exactly, but I think a lot of us, like we get told or decide maybe whether we decided for ourselves or a teacher decided for us at a really young age that you're a good writer or you're not a good writer. Um. I am very fortunate to have been told, I I remember my teacher, like Mrs. Wiley in the second grade (laughs) wrote on the back of one of my, like some story that I wrote for her. Um, She wrote, Amy, you have a gift for writing. And I'm so grateful that I was told that. Because I carried that with me all, like it really stuck with me and I believed it and I've enforced that belief and, and I am a great writer. But the fact is, is like great writers are the people who write and they practice and that's what makes you a great writer. So on the other hand, like my, uh, just a, a conflicting example, my mom was told at a very young age by her singing teacher that she should quit because she can't sing. Right. And she feels like she really feels a lot of, I don't want to say resentment because she's not that kind of person, but she feels like she got a raw deal. You know, that this, this singing teacher put that idea in her head a long time ago and it wasn't true. Uh, so I, I would first like people to question, are you a good writer? Or are you a bad writer? You're like, your people are speakers for mm-hmm. sure. Um, they are good writers. So Um, If you can apply that to copywriting and, you know, do some basic training on copywriting, like even by listening to this podcast, you'll get better at it. Um, But if you can already write a great speech, you can write write a great website too. So So one of the things we talk about a lot in our world is having more stories in your speech. Mm -hmm, So how do we apply that idea to our websites? Oh, man. Stories should be everywhere. Yeah, I... Stories are the basis of all my marketing for sure. Mm-hmm. How can you apply it to your website? That's a great question. Well, your about page should be, a should story. have lots of story on it. Okay, good. And 
but your keynote too can tell a different story. It can tell the story of, you know, what your audience is actually dealing with, mm-hmm. or it can even tell your story or stories that you share with, um, with your audience that, you know, they will react to. I like to, um, I like to think about stories as like, you have kind of a vault of stories mm. and you should keep a, keep a file of them. Like anytime you come up with a great story, well, once you like, I have a reflex now that I'm looking for great stories mm. particularly because I teach a lot about sales. Um, you know, my husband, the other day he went to like a woodworking show and he, we, he came home and we talked through like this, all the different sales guys he talked to and what their, what their techniques were. And like, I'm always grabbing those stories and like yeah that would be great in an email i was watching a comedy special on netflix um dave chappelle comedy special and he said something and i was like oh that's great i'm gonna turn that into a story in an email which i'm actually just working on today um so you have to like it's a reflex like you have to be constantly thinking or you you have to kind of have that mechanism in your brain turned on like i'm on the alert for good stories And I'm going to file them away. Maybe even I have an Evernote file or like a whatever, wherever you keep your notes of like store, like my ammo, my ammunition of stories. What do you think about quoting yourself on your website? Like a little Mm. teeny tiny snippet from your story. What if you just took two lines and just kind of put it in there somehow. I see it in this one particular format, but I'm thinking maybe there's like little, little thought bubbles or something of your like just little snippets of your story around. Yeah, I, I would. So anytime when you said quoting, like anytime I see quotations, mm-hmm. I use quotations to, to be the voice of the reader. So, okay. um, so what like, do you, what do you mean by that Jane? Or so how much, yeah. how much is this going to cost me Jane? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, exactly. I got you. We probably like did some of that on your page that I That's worked cool. on. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So when you're using quotes, like you have to think about, is it really obvious that you're quoting yourself? Uh I don't know. Quoting, like I would sooner rather than quote yourself, just write your website in the first person and then you don't have to quote yourself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That solves that problem. Okay. All right. Well, this has been so much great information. I hope people really, my goal was just that people think about it differently. Absolutely. Um, If they would like to get in touch with you, um, should they just come over to your website, tarzank.com? Do you have something on copywriting that you, uh, give away as a magnet? You know, I'll tell you, I don't actually teach about copywriting. I teach okay. about money and making more of it. Okay. Uh, but, um, I do like, you know, you come over to my website, tarzank.com. I have various opt-ins and email scripts and fun things. The people who are on my email list are there because I write great emails and Mm. I think people like it and they stick around because it's fun. And it's like, people are on my launches all the time that have no intention of buying. And I get replies that are like, Hey, this isn't for me, but I really love this email. Yeah. So um, That's like, I prefer to teach copywriting through writing great copy. Come, come and be an observer would be, be an observer. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great uh, invitation. So we'll make yeah. sure that we put that in the show notes. Come to uh, tarzank.com. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for spending time uh, with our listeners today. People, if you got some good um, ideas from this, please leave a, a rating or a comment, uh, regardless of which way you are listening to this. 
And with that, we will say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Wealthy Speaker Show. Please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free Wealthy Speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, Wealthy Speakers.